2022 was a pretty amazing year for gaming, as most years have been for a while now, but perhaps the two hallmarks of the year capped the beginning and end quite nicely. We started 2022 with Elden Ring, and we wrapped it up with God of War Ragnarok. Open your heart to their suffering. God of War has been hotly anticipated since the 2018 smash hit, and folks were waiting with bated breath to see just how many times Kratos would say, Boy, 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 I told you boy. boy. But perhaps the best bit of the game for me was knowing what we were in for by the title alone. Ragnarok. And this game did not disappoint in exploring all of the complexities of this mythical term. If Kratos' story since the refresh has been one of redemption, then Atreus' story has been one of destiny. Or rather, defying that destiny. For this nerdy sermon, we're gonna explore a bit about the relationship between purpose and destiny, how they relate, and how Kratos and Atreus' story can teach us how to focus on the right stuff as we move forward towards whatever's ahead. Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith games and sweeping the game awards before just missing the mark for Goaty. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly guys, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're gonna start this video with our scripture. Our scripture reader for today is Zando Calrissian. I'm gonna throw it over to him, reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 32 through 45. He'll be reading from the NRSV UE. That's our preferred translation is what's gonna be on the screen. If you have a translation you prefer to use, feel free to use that one as well. From Matthew 25, 32 through 45. All the nations will be gathered before him and will separate people from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You who are accursed, depart from me in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Okay, let's start with the obvious. What is God of War Ragnarok? Well, it's the latest release from Sony Santa Monica. Ragnarok continues the story from the franchise refresh that we got back in 2018 that saw Kratos' story be added upon with a family, namely his son, Atreus. By the way, spoilers for the 2018 game, but I'll try to keep light on spoilers for this game since it is pretty beefy and has 
tons of great twists. Atreus is half giant, one quarter God and one quarter mortal, and is mysteriously referred to as Loki. In the prior game, Kratos and Atreus kill the Acer god Baldur, who is the son of Odin and Freya, who both play a heavy role in this game. And upon Baldur's death, they receive a vision of this thing called Ragnarok. Ragnarok, also known as the Twilight of the Gods, is this huge eschatological or end times event that pops up often in Norse mythology as this great war that will see to the death of many great figures like Odin, Thor, and other high tier gods. Other gods such as Kratos, of course. In fear, this begins the era of hiding for Kratos and Atreus that starts off the events of this game. But this very concept actually sends us down the rabbit hole of fate, destiny, and what you actually do with that information. For some, they see fate as fate as fate. The prophesied events of Ragnarok must come to pass exactly as they ought to have happened. For others, destiny is a bit more malleable. A vision of the future is just that, seeing things that would happen if nothing changed from this moment forward. But if the wind of a butterfly's wings can cause a hurricane in the future, surely fate is not set in stone. This becomes the ultimate question posited by God of War Ragnarok. Given that it's a great game and a great story, it should be fairly obvious that the prophesied information Ragnarok is not going to come 100% true. Just the fact that Kratos and Atreus have successfully hid until our game begins is proof enough of that. So ultimately the question isn't how will we evade destiny, but who will evade destiny the best. We have several figures at play in this story and in the events of the game, but the clear heavy hitters fall on two sides. We have Kratos and Atreus, our heroes, protagonists that we get to play as, and then the antagonist, Larry Dave, I'm sorry, Odin, and Hemsworth 3.0, also known as Cool Thor. In a story where everyone wants to save their own skin and lie through their teeth to get there, we get to experience the back and forth of trust, betrayal, between all of these characters who have been thrown into the mix. Given that we are playing as Kratos, our main goal is to figure out how we are to defy fate the best in order to survive this supposed prophecy the longest. But as we'll hear in the words of Mimir late game, I don't know if we're breaking fate. Or fate's breaking us. With that, let's shift gears into another prophesied moment, but this time one with a bit more weight to it than just pixels and code. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew and is one of the more famous moments where Jesus offers up a foretelling instance of the eschatological or end time story for the kingdom of God. In this story, we have the Son of Man who has officially ascended to the throne and has gathered all of the nations before him. He starts to divide them up like a round of Red Rover. On the right go the sheep, on the left go the goats. Then he looks to the sheep and he says, hey, all of you are welcome in the kingdom. Pick up your inheritance, lavish in the finest decadence, and here's why you get to do that. You fed me when I was hungry. Gave me something to drink when I was thirsty. You welcomed me when I was a stranger. You clothed me when I was naked. You took care of me when I was sick and you visited me in prison. And the sheep are all like looking around and they're like, one, one sheep decides to step up, be brave and humble and kind of says, uh, hey, uh, Lord, <laughs> well, when did we ever do that? The king then responds to them and says, when you did it for the least among humanity, you did it for me. Then he looks to the goats on his left and he says, you are all destined for the worst of the worst, for cursed burning for your wickedness. Why? Because you didn't do any of the stuff I just listed. No food, no drink, no welcome, no clothes, no care, no visiting. The goats waste no time. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did we ever see you like that and not help you? The king responds, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. Other than a mic drop moment, Jesus is laying out so much in this passage, but it really is only an illustration of what Jesus has said repeatedly throughout the gospel message. It's not about just doing good. It's about being good. 
Suffice it to say that people in the ancient times of Christ were equally obsessed with the end times that we still see today. This kind of piggybacks on last week's sermon on Pokemon and the eschatological assumptions that we often make there too. People didn't really want Jesus to come and tell them how to be better. They wanted a vengeful Jesus to ride into town on a white stallion prepared to slaughter all the people that they didn't care for. Jesus instead offers up a vision of the end time in this story. This is a sort of prophecy. This is exactly what the Jewish synagogue is asking for. Jesus, please prophesy to us. Please tell us how you're going to judge the world. Is it going to be the Jewish people versus the Gentiles? No. Jesus offers up instead an allegory, a metaphor, a parable of sorts. Sheeps and goats. No racist judgment allowed here. Jesus just made it about animals. Well, what about the sheep though, Jesus? Are, are, are they devout rule followers? Do they keep to the Torah? Are they clean? Do they pray unceasingly? And the goats, are they vile and evil and unclean? Are they outsiders who look and act differently than we do? We hate those people. No, Jesus instead tells of two that are nearly vanilla and without twinge and character at all. The only noticeable difference between the sheep and the goats in Jesus' story are their actions as described by Jesus. The sheeps fed, gave drink, clothed, welcomed, visited, and cared for the least among humanity, and thus also did so to Christ. The goats did not. End of story. That's the judgment day. For all the hyped up megachurch pastors that you've heard rag upon that devastate of Babylon and the vicious nature of the human condition on the sinful lives we lead and live, it's all excess and extra drama added on, sometimes by the apostles, but often purely by the imagination of a creatively tricky pastor. No. Jesus is clear about what measuring stick will be used for judgment. And it's barely at all about the judgment day anyway. Jesus doesn't have the decency to line them up one by one and let St. Peter at the pearly gates read from the big book of Santa's naughty list to each sin and screw up they've ever made. No, a la carte for judgment. Jesus shops the sheep and goats in bulk at the Sam's Club. It's almost as if Jesus is telling this story to these people on purpose. It's almost as if this story isn't about Judgment Day at all. It's almost as if Judgment Day probably isn't a day at all. It's almost as if Jesus wants this story to be heard right now, right here, to make a change. Whenever we get to take a look at the two opposing sides of God of War Ragnarok, we see the shifting perspective of Kratos, the former god killer, and the stoic nature of the historic Odin, the All-Father, in full light. You fear what you can never even hope to understand. Odin is presented to us as a researcher, a student, a curious person constantly seeking to understand Ragnarok. Perhaps once he understands it, he might know how to prevent it, or better yet, he might know how to use it to his own avail. Now, Kratos might have seen that way in a former time, but Atreus and the family has shifted his concept of others. Stop thinking like a father for a moment and start thinking like a general. No. It's no longer about destruction, even for the god of war. The important work to be done is not about using Ragnarok, but preventing as much harm as possible from the aftershocks and prerequisites of Ragnarok. One could argue that Kratos will pursue what he must in this game so that he might be able to survive. But I'd be more willing to bet that he's far more concerned about leaving Atreus as well prepared as possible whenever he does pass, whether it's in this game or some other future entry. See, that presents the tonal shift. Understanding the end times versus understanding the self. Destiny, fate, knowledge versus purpose, calling, and perspective. Destiny has victims. Purpose has contributors. Kratos doesn't know what aspects of Ragnarok will come true or not. So instead, he knows that he is a father. 
And his role now is to educate and exemplify the best possible lifestyle for his son, destiny unconsidered. I am your father. I will always help. He will do what he must to ensure that harm is avoided, but prepares constantly for battle and sacrifice, even during the downtime. With all of this in mind, what can we actually do with this information? What does this mean for us here today? At the end of the day, both the God of War and the God of All seem to agree on one major point. We are ultimately known by how we love others. Those are the relationships that we form that remain. Now, perhaps one of these two is more altruistic than the other, but the point ultimately remains. I actually find the sheep and the goats to be one of the most applicably useful scripture in existence. While love God and love neighbor might be more succinct, this passage provides a literal framework by which we might serve other people. Feed, give drink, clothe, welcome, visit, care for others as if they were Jesus because, well, they are. And it's not just literal food. Feed those who hunger for community like we're doing at Checkpoint. Offer drink to those who are thirsty for genuine human connection. Clothe those who have never experienced love with abundant empathy. Welcome those who have been estranged from the church for far too long. Visit those who are imprisoned by their own mind in mental illness. Care for those who just need somebody to finally freaking care for them once in their lives. It's so easy that it's difficult. The blueprint is there. The framework exists. So if you're like Odin, gouge out your other eye that's focusing on getting what you want from some fictional futuristic premonition and instead live right now in a way that loves the least, the last, and the lost because that, that is what you're actually being judged for. So what better way to defy destiny than to pave it yourself? Say like a digital church online for nerds, geeks, and gamers. That's pretty weird. Let's defy destiny together, just like Jesus would have wanted. So whether you're a half giant, a knockoff Hades from Hercules, or just a parent with a scattered past, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy week to join us on these nerdy deep dives every Sunday. If you want more of what Checkpoint Church has to offer, we are streaming every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and every other Friday over on Twitch. We're on Discord 24-7. If you want a fun community that talks about random things and participates in competitions like we did for the Game Awards, we have a Christmas party coming up. We've got all sorts of stuff going on in the Discord. You can join both of those. And do me a favor, if you watched this far in the video, then odds are you liked this one at least a little bit. So if you let us know that you liked this one enough to watch to the end, please click that like button to let us know that, hey, this is pretty good. And even better, if you want to leave a comment down below, then you can answer this question. It's a bit of a different one for today. What has been your favorite nerdy sermon of the year and why? Get us your answer by next Monday. And I will also be dropping this question over in the Discord, but we're going to be working on a special video for the end of the year, kind of like we did last year, just a retrospective of the past year. And we would love to feature your answer in that video. So be sure to get them into us by next Monday, which is eight days from this release. If you can get us in there uh, by then, we'll be sure to include it in the video. I look forward to seeing what you guys have enjoyed from this past year. With that, we're going to end this video as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on YouTube and Twitch and Discord. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you, no matter who you are, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. 
with that and until the next time that I see you, whether it be uh, on our Discord right now, whether it be on Twitch on Monday, or whether it be here, same time, same place for another of these Nerdy Deep Dives next Sunday. I look forward to seeing you then. Till then, be well. Bye-bye! No, no, no chats. No chats in that clap. Do not chat a single time in that clap. No chat! A 10-year-old wrote this in a very different time. I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I've changed. Nope, no clips. No sending that one to the bishop. No thank you. No thank you. Please and thanks.